We continue in our sermon series this morning on the Lord's Prayer. Let's call our attention to the reading of God's Word together. Reading in Matthew 6. Please don't get tired of this reading. I want to read it each Sunday that we study because I want us to learn how, say how, how to pray. Jesus, we've said that we said this in the first message. Jesus, the master prayer, is leading a master class here on how to pray. Say how again. He says this then, verse 9, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then we recall the add-on benediction that is our traditional add-on that we have recited through the years. And we're going to talk about that in one of these upcoming sessions. For thine be the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to center our thoughts today on the second phrase or the second petition of this pattern for our prayers. Let me remind you that Jesus is teaching us, saying this, this is then how you should pray. From last week's message, once we have properly addressed our Heavenly Father and His greatness and His holiness, He said what? Hallowed be thy name. We can proceed to the next phrase or the next thought in this prayer. I'm going to call this next phase, this next portion, alignment. Somebody say alignment. 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 This is alignment of our will with His. It is alignment of God's kingdom reign with us as subjects of the kingdom of the Father, children of the Heavenly Father. How many of you are a child of God this morning? Amen. Amen. This is when we tell our Father in Heaven, whom we have just acknowledged, our Father who art in Heaven, hallowed be thy name, we have just acknowledged, we tell him now, not my will, but your will is what I desire. Alignment. Alignment. That is the proper approach as we move on. As we move on. It lines us up, listen, it lines us up with selfless praying instead of self-centered praying. I could talk there a long time. Selfless praying 
instead of self-centered praying. It places God on the throne of our lives. Places him on the throne. Look at the first part or the first phrase of verse 10. Your kingdom come. Say that with me. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Whose kingdom do we desire? Do we long for? Whose kingdom do we petition for? The word your here, say your. Your here refers to he whom we just addressed. Amen? Your kingdom come. Whose kingdom? Our Heavenly Father. He is our Heavenly Father, friends. And we address Him and we first seek your kingdom come. Your kingdom. Reminds me of a verse that could be read a little bit later in Matthew chapter 6. This verse is also a part of the extensive teaching that we call the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, verse 33. Look at this familiar verse. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Brother Begin, do you have that slide? Thank you. Read this with me. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Seek it first. See this? Jesus didn't say, seek it second, or seek it third, or seek it whenever you feel like it. He says, seek the kingdom first. Jesus admonishes us to seek his kingdom first. Before, listen, before the other things that we need or want, seek his kingdom first. He says, seek first. When Jesus was baptized, John was making this declaration to all who would hear. We remember the story. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, has come near. The kingdom of heaven has come near. I think it's interesting that when John was preaching this, when John was, was, was proclaiming this message to, to those who, whoever would hear around him in Judea, 
He did not say, I'm going to baptize this guy named Jesus. He said, repent for what? The kingdom is near. Something was about to happen. Things were about to change. And John the Baptist, at that occasion of going to baptize Jesus, says the kingdom is near. John had a glimpse of the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom that John saw? What kingdom should you and I desire as we pray? Say what kingdom? What kingdom, friend? What kingdom do we desire when we come to God in prayer? Your kingdom come. Well, the kingdom of God, listen, is the spiritual realm that is under the reign of the Son of God, the risen Lord Jesus, who sits at the right hand of his Father in heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. It is the spiritual realm of the risen Lord Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Say all authority. All authority. These were some of the last words given to his disciples before he ascended to heaven. Right before Jesus went to his heavenly Father, he said, all authority, say all authority, all authority, the kingdom of God. Listen, the kingdom of God in the spiritual realm is ruled by the risen Lord Jesus. Amen? When you consider the idea of a kingdom, a kingdom would be defined as a territory under the rule and reign of a king. That's pretty logical, isn't it? A kingdom is the territory that is under the rule and reign of a king. The kingdom of God is ruled by the true and triune God and it is the territory of the spiritual realm. Jesus told Pontius Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. I wonder what Pilate thought as Jesus looked him in the eye and he said, My kingdom is not of this Pontius Pilate had just asked, the suffering Jesus, are you a king? Remember? The, the soldiers had asked, are you a king? The, the, the high priest had asked, this Jesus who stirred everything up, are you a king? <laughs> Jesus' answer here is, I'm a king, but not of this not of this territory. Not of this dusty, dreary area of the world 
that the Romans occupied. My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus' disciples continually were asking him about the coming of the kingdom. Weren't they? You read the Gospels, and you constantly read of occasions where Peter and John and, 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 and all of them would, would look at him and say, when is the kingdom coming? That's what they wanted, wasn't it? When is the kingdom coming? When are you bringing forth the kingdom? It was their hope and their expectation that Jesus would rise in governmental power and that he would defeat Israel's captors and set up this rule and this reign here on the earth. Through his teaching, he tried to show them the truth of the kingdom of God, which is a spiritual kingdom in the heavenly realm, which he rules with his father. Are you getting it? Are you getting the idea here? We are saying, your kingdom come. The kingdom of God, friend, is not a kingdom that we are waiting for. It already exists. And it has always existed. Because God Almighty has ruled and reigned over the spiritual realm from the beginning of time. Amen. God is the omnipresent, timeless one. And he rules over principalities and powers in the spiritual kingdom. And he always will. Jesus Christ, his one and only son, has been chosen and crowned king of the kingdom. King of the kingdom. The church, therefore, the church is made up of those who by their salvation have entered into the lordship of the king of kings. You have entered church, if you're part of the church, if you're born again, if you're washed by the blood, if your sins have been forgiven, if you are redeemed by the blood of the lamb, you are a citizen of God's kingdom. Hallelujah. The rich young ruler had a conversation with Jesus in Matthew 19. In verse 21, Jesus said, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Remember the rich young ruler. Verse 22, When the young man heard this, he went away and said, Because he had great wealth, he went away sad. Then Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter what? The kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were astonished. And they said, who then can be saved? Jesus' words here give everyone great hope. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. <laughs> the, the greatest all things are possible thing 
is that Jesus came to seek and save the lost and that through him we can become citizens of the kingdom. It's the greatest thing of the great things that God can do. You all right? Listen, this teaching, this is teaching us that the kingdom of God cannot be entered because of the works or the accomplishments that we can do. You ain't good enough. You haven't done enough good stuff to enter the kingdom. But through the grace of God, only through, through the grace of the ruler of the kingdom, Jesus Christ, can you enter the kingdom. And so as you approach, as you come in prayer, you can say, your kingdom come. Huh? This puts it in different perspective. You're a citizen of the kingdom, and you're saying to the king, may your kingdom come. We're taught in Ephesians 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the earth and of the air. That's not the ruler we're talking about. At one time you were dead in your sins. See, there is one Satan who has a level of authority over the earthly realm. There is a heavenly realm and there is an earthly realm. At the return of Christ, listen, at the return of Christ in the last day, Jesus will completely destroy the powers of the prince of this world. Some believe that there will follow an earthly reign of Christ on the earth. But Christ did not come and will not come to establish... Whew, let's get this. Christ did not come and will not come to establish rulership over a physical territory or the earth. He reigns over the heavenly realm. The kingdom is here. It is now and it forever will be. And those who are saved are ruled by the authority of the King of Kings, Jesus. One glorious day he will transform these earthly bodies that we occupy into bodies fit for the kingdom of the spiritual realm of Jesus. Hallelujah. So praying for God's kingdom to come is really, here, here's what it really is. It really is asking God to further manifest his power and his influence and his grace toward the hearts of men. Father, may your kingdom come. May your eternal rule be extended to all the earth. May your kingdom come. Do you desire for his kingdom to come? To come in your life? Do you desire for the kingdom of God to come in a spiritual realm and influence all those that you love? And all those in our world? Yes, we do. 
That's kind of big picture stuff, isn't it? The next phrase, it follows. Your will be done. Your will be done. Father, may your kingdom come. May what? Your will be done. This is the obvious and logical extension of your kingdom come. Makes sense. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I think it moves the heart from desiring that God would move throughout the earth and in the hearts of men to a more personal, your will be done. I think now we're getting personal. When you talk about the will of God being done, it is all about obedience. It is all about alignment. It is, it is the will of God for you to walk in His ways, to obey His commands, and to follow his desire, his will for your life, the center of his divine will for your life. Are you following after his will for your life? Here you are saying, your will be done. And I think you could add on to that, your will be done in my life. Your will be done in our life. Alignment. In our previous sermon series, in the series on transformation, in the last sermon of that, we quoted Billy Graham. Billy Graham said, God's will never goes against God's word. God's will never goes against God's word. As we follow Jesus, as we seek him daily, as we grow in his word, we find that his will becomes manifest in our lives. How do you find out the will? You get into the word. That was pretty good, Scott. How do you discover the will? You get into the word. We find that his will is done in our daily lives. When you pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done, I think it starts to turn personal. Am I okay there? I think it starts to turn personal. I think it starts to go from kind of this overarching, God, may your kingdom come in our earth, to God, may your will be done in my life. May your will be done in my life. When we pray for God's will to be done, we do that before we ask for our daily bread. Huh? Before, listen, before we start to talk about what we need or what we want, it is important to position ourselves, and that's what this whole phrase and this teaching is about. It is important to position ourselves in the will of God before we start 
the laundry list of what we need. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in my life. We, we acknowledge that what God is doing is more important than our personal needs. We acknowledge that the work of God in the spiritual realm, in the kingdom realm, we acknowledge that the work of God in growing us in our lives is more important than a bag of groceries. Huh? It's more important. Again, seek ye when? First. Seek ye first, and then all these things. Y'all got some things? I, I pray to God that Ron and I never have to move. We have accumulated stuff on top of stuff and on top of stuff. Y'all, if you ever come around the house these days, we're going to keep the garage closed and locked. Because it's full of not only our stuff, but it's full of our kids' stuff, too. A spiritual principle, spiritual, spiritual truth here. You're not an empty nester if your kids' stuff is still in your house. <laughs> Seek ye first his kingdom. Seek ye, and, and this follows, seek first his will in my life. And then the other stuff will follow along. I just want to ask you, have you seen that work in your life? Have you seen that truth in your life? Have you seen God's blessing in your life because you have placed yourself in his will? If you, I, friend, if you haven't tried it, I would suggest that with all that you are, you place yourself in the will of God and you watch what happens. As we follow God's will, God's divine will in our daily personal lives, our participation, our membership, our standing in his kingdom comes to fresh realization. That was pretty good. I'm going to say that again. As we follow God's divine will in our daily personal lives, our participation, our membership, our standing in his kingdom is freshly realized. Now listen, your status as a child of God is already a completely privileged status. You as a redeemed child of God are accepted and you're placed in the body with its full rights and responsibilities. But following the will of God and aligning yourself with him will bring into your life spiritual blessing and joy and peace like you have never experienced. As a saved child of God, you have a lifetime membership in the kingdom. But following God's will and aligning your life with him will bring spiritual blessing. It will bring joy 
It'll bring peace. Like we said a couple of minutes ago, give it a try. Pray that this will be done in your life. In the life of your loved ones. Pray that this will be done in the ministry of the church and in our lost word. May his kingdom come and may his will be done. And finally, the last part of this verse. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus wants us to pray with the desire that the will of God would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, in heaven there is no disobedience. In heaven there are no obstacles to the perfect will of God. Huh? On earth, however, there is disobedience and there is at least apparently obstacles to his will the citizens of Jesus kingdom will want to see his will done as freely on the earth as openly on the earth as powerfully on the earth as it is in heaven wow what a what isn't that a cool thought isn't that a great thought but it starts with me May your kingdom come. May your will be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven. The citizens of Jesus' kingdom want to see his will done. This is the ultimate in alignment. This is the ultimate in alignment. The alignment of what is in heaven happening here on earth in our lives. Still in the spiritual realm. But alignment God's will, implemented on the earth as it is in a constant state in heaven. God's kingdom in full manifestation here on the earth as it is perpetually in heaven. Heaven. Somebody say heaven. Where there is no pain. Where there is no sin. Heaven. Where there are no tears where there is eternal oneness and fellowship and fulfilled relationship with the Father. Whew. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And to first of all, align ourselves with the kingdom and the will of the Father so that our desire to be with Him, seeing things with a heavenly perspective, comes to pass in our lives seeing things with a heavenly viewpoint, with a heavenly perspective. I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul in the third chapter of Colossians. Listen to this. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts. Say, set your hearts. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Friends, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Alignment.
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in alignment. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. In glory. May your kingdom come. That is when the kingdom comes in fulfillment. Are you all right? You will also appear with him in glory. When we pray, we need to come to the Father with a heavenly mindset. Setting your eyes on things above. These things place us in position to move to our, position, to our petitions. It places us in position to move to our petitions. Say that a couple times fast. I can't believe I wrote it that way. We're placed in a position to bring to him our petitions. Our needs and our desires to, to pray with intercession for the needs of our loved ones. We are positioned now to approach with our requests because we have, number one, we've addressed him as our Father who is in heaven. We've exclaimed and confessed that hallowed be his name. We've said his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <gasps> okay. Huh? Now. Say now. Now we can now we can pray for our brothers and sisters. Now we can pray for our bank account. Now we can pray for those needs that he brings to mind. <laughs> Friends, we are now positioned to approach God with our requests. Say positioned. We've been studying Philippians on Thursday night. We're about to get to this verse. Listen to this. Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious. Anybody anxious? Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, Paul says here, don't worry about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Huh? We can come to him confidently, having addressed him as God, our heavenly father. Having confessed to him our desire to align ourselves with his kingdom and his will, then we can come like this. Sorry, like this. <laughs> then we can come. Say, then we can come. Then we can come. Like this. Every situation. Anybody got a situation? Anybody ever had a situation? Anybody ever been anxious about a situation? Sure we have. We can come confidently. Not with worry and with anxiety, but in every situation. We are now positioned to ask in faith for what God has laid upon our hearts. Jesus said, I'm going to teach you how to pray. 
And I think he's, take, he's teaching us how to pray with confidence, with faith, looking ahead to results, not with, not with worry and, I wonder if this will be answered or not, but with the confidence that we have, that, that listen, we have aligned ourselves with his kingdom and with his will, and then we can approach with confidence. And next week, we're going to talk about give us our daily bread. But not until all this. Did you know there was all this first? What a shame that the truth of this pattern for prayer has been just a repeated, memorized prayer that, that so many people haven't given deep thought to. I'm not criticizing any denominations. Or, and, and, I, and really, praying this prayer together is not, is not a bad thing. But when you stand back and you realize that this is Jesus' master class on prayer, and you start to dig into it, isn't it powerful? Isn't it powerful? So we have positioned ourselves. We have aligned ourselves. And now next week, we'll talk about give us this day our daily bread. Let's listen to our theme song. It becomes more powerful every week as we continue to study. Amen? heard this and seen it several times, you're welcome to sing along. <laughs> may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come. 